So this week, um, on Wednesday, it, we celebrate, it, we, we kind of follow the, the church calendar, the liturgical calendar here because it's beautiful, and it, it really has so many beautiful rhythms in it that, that take us through the life of Scripture, through the life of the church. And this past Wednesday was the day that we celebrated the ascension of the Lord. Now, it doesn't get a lot of play in church, unfortunately, because it always falls on a Wednesday. It doesn't fall on a Sunday. Um, so, so next Sunday, so ne- next Sunday, I think is on um, Pentecost, and so this week we're going to celebrate and remember the ascension of the Lord because it, it really is key. It, it is key to remember because so much of our theology is wrapped up in this idea, this moment, but we don't talk about it, so we don't know where, how to attach our theology to it. So, uh, so we're going to read the scripture. We're going to try to understand where this is coming from, what it means, and Jesus is basically. This is where also the Great Commission comes in at, where Jesus tells the disciples, "Go and." Dwell the world and and make disciples be a witness and so like how does that all play into our life how do we make how, how does that today affect us where we are and so we are gonna jump in and I don't know that I have any big revelations for you today um, it's just it's just a normal day and I'm just a normal guy and so if you were looking for some something amazing um, you know what find beauty in in the small little things right it's fine beauty in the, um, the, the little thing. So here we go. Acts 1 goes like this. After his suffering, Jesus presented himself to the disciples and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke out about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in the days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Are you going to vanquish your enemies and make us great again? So he said to them, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, you do that. He said, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Stop worrying about that, y'all. That's basically what he's saying. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky. (laughs) Of course, right? As he was going, when suddenly two people dressed in white stood before them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Uh, did you, did you, were you there? Did you see what happened? Like, that's why, because <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um, this is the same Jesus who had been taken from you into heaven. He will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of God for us and all the people of God. I mean, can you imagine this scene here? I mean, I, I try to put myself in the life of Scripture when I read it, and I put myself there, and I'm like, and like here's, okay, here's the scene, all right? We followed Jesus. Jesus was crucified, and then Jesus came back alive. Jesus appeared to us, and we were like, how is this happening? We're not sure. This is crazy. Are, are, are we seeing, are, is this a dream or is this real? And then Jesus hangs out with them, periodically showing up into their lives like, Poof, you know, like, oh, it's Jesus. Oh, wow, where'd you come from, man? For 40 days, Jesus does this. And then one day, apparently, he takes him out into the hill somewhere in Jerusalem, and he rises into the sky and disappears. 
And then the two people from heaven are like, hey, what are, you, what are y'all doing standing here? <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Like, what is happening? What, what life are we living right now? Like, it just, it, and in this moment, they have a decision, right? They have a decision. What do we do now? This is crazy. This is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before in our life. We have no idea what to do. Where do we go from here? I think this is a question we ask ourselves a lot in life. I mean, maybe not you, but I ask myself, like, I've never been here before. I've been up to this point, but whatever happened in the last little bit, I never that's never happened to me, and now I just don't know where to go from here, right? Anybody ever been there? Like, what do we do? You know, when, when, this, when this pandemic hit us a year ago, a little bit a year ago, it was none of us had been through this before, and it was basically like, what do we do from here? And we all just froze and stayed in our houses for a year. And like, and now we're out. And like, because that's what we were supposed to do. And now we're out. And like, what do we do now? Basically, like, we're kind of in this constant space of where do we go from here? What do we do now? Like, this is unprecedented. We're not sure what we do. And, and I think in, in these moments of, um, in these moments of newness, we, we, we get stressed, right? We get stressed. And when we get stressed, we do three things. We fight, we flight, or we freeze. This is a natural brain function that's going on. When we see a bear, right, a bear comes to attack us and we're because that happens, right, all the time. I mean, probably this morning, most of you had a bear try to attack you, right, on your way to church. And you either fight, you're like, I'm going to kill you, bear, or you flight, run away, or you freeze. Oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. And in that moment, you will get eaten. So, um your best option, well, you know, like, we, we, so fight, flight, or freeze. These are the natural reactions that we have in life. And I think a lot of us find ourselves in those spaces, right? Like, we, we hit this pandemic, and we were like, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> what we said as a society, isn't it? Like, we're going to fight about everything, every single thing we fight about. Even the other day when the CDC came out, and they were like, you know, liberals, because I will criticize liberals and I will criticize conservatives. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the, the left side of the spectrum. But you know what? Hey, we all we all need to um, be criticized sometimes. And so, like, for, for a year, the, the left has been like, hey, we need to listen to the CDC. We need to listen to the CDC. We need to listen to the CDC. And then the CDC says, hey, you know, you don't wear a mask anymore. And then liberals are like, the CDC is wrong. <laughs> Like, okay, which is it? You got to pick a lane, y'all. And like, you can't, you can't go all around all the time. You can't go, because like, now if you say the CDC is wrong, the other side is going to be like, but you said the CDC is wrong, so we don't listen to anything they ever said. Like, this is the way it works. And so, like, we, we have this tendency, right, to fight about everything. Or we have this tendency to flee. Like, there's fighting out here, and we're like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I, I cannot do this right now. I am out. And so we flee, and so we don't engage in the things. I think there's something else that we do. Like, as I was reading this this week, I was reminded, and this, it's connected to this. Like, when Jesus ascends into heaven, this is, this is a connection point to what is happening in Exodus. Because remember, right, I hope you, I hope you remember, like, when, whenever, years from now, when you do, are doing whatever you're doing in life, and I'm doing whatever I'm doing in life, I hope that you remember that everything is connected to Exodus, right? If you remember nothing else that I ever told you in life, remember 
that everything is connected to Exodus. And so this is a scene. If you remember, the, 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 the Israelites came out of Egypt. They went to a mountain. Moses went up on that mountain. God gave the commands to Moses, and Moses was up there for a long time, like 40 days. And you see the connection? And then the people begin to get restless. And they're like, Moses is gone. Our leader is gone. Our leader's gone. What do we do? The one who delivered us, the one who, who, who spoke those words to Pharaoh, who stood up to Pharaoh, who, who helped us get out of that system, who's leading us into this space, our leader's gone. And we don't know that he'll ever come back. Things are changing. Things will be different. Oh, no, we don't feel comfortable at this. And what do you do? You fight, you flight, you freeze, or you idolize. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us, false gods. As for the fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Jesus answered, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your son, and your daughters were wearing and bring them to me. So they all took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what was handed to him and made an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. As you would do. <laughs> they said to him, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards they sat down and drank and got to indulge in revelry. Oh my, revelry. But here, here is what they did, right? Their leader is gone. They're uncertain about the future. They don't know. They're in an unprecedented moment. Their life has been a whirlwind for years now, and here they are. And, and, and the only thing that's going to make them comfortable is to idolize something, to put their faith in something tangible, because what we had our faith in seems to have left us. We can't see it. We can't feel it. This is what we do when things get really hard, when, when, when society begins to change, when our lives begin to change, when the rug gets taken out from under us, when we become uncertain about the future, we fight, flight, freeze, or idolize. And we have done this across the board, across the spectrum. Some people did it with a president that they put their faith in and said, this is our guy. This is God's chosen one. This guy is going to lead us out. And all that ever does is lead to pain and suffering. Anytime we take the, the, our faith and put it, the faith that is meant to God, sure, we can have faith in one another. We can have faith in each other, but not the sort of ultimate faith of deliverance that we hope for in God. We can't take that and put that on a person. And when we do put that on a person, they are going to fail us. They are going to let us down because we're all imperfect. And so a, a huge group of people did that, and now they're let down at what is going on. But the other side did something else. The other side idolized themselves. Whereas conservatives idolize this president, I have seen that that, that, that more liberals have idolized themselves and their way of doing things. Like we're Democrats and this is the way and anything that is not Democrat is wrong and we all must fall into this. And so both sides have created these idols that we are putting our faith and our hope and our trust in. And when we get into that place, when we get into that position, we will fight the other side because we have 
to stand. But we put all our faith in this thing. It can't be wrong, right? And if it is wrong, then that means that we were wrong. And we put our faith in the wrong thing. This is why this is so dangerous to idolize this or that, this side or that side, this person or that person or this system or that system. Because it will only cause suffering in the end. And so here Jesus is with the disciples. The disciples have been in this space where we're like, what do we do? Where do we go? Like you. But, but immediately, I love this, immediately these angels say to, to the disciples, now wait, remember what you were told. Go into Jerusalem. Go into Jerusalem. Don't go back to your life. Don't go fighting other people. Don't go making an idol for yourselves. Go into Jerusalem and pray. And wait, pray and wait, pray and wait. Gather together with yourselves and pray and wait. And you have a job. You will be witnesses to what has happened here. You will be witnesses to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And so if you don't know the geography, this is like a, a, a big circle. Jerusalem is in the middle and then outside of it is, is, is Judea. And then outside of that is Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. That is the bigger area. So the, the, the messengers, Jesus here is saying, you have a job. Don't fight. Don't flight. Don't freeze. Don't idolize. Go be a witness. That's your job. That's your task. Go pray. I think in these moments where, where we are shaken and stirred, where, we, are, where, where we, we feel like scrambled eggs that have been thrown into a skillet where nothing makes sense anymore. We, what we need to do is we need to take a deep breath. We need to look around. We need to see what we have around us. Look what you have around you. You have beautiful community. You have beautiful people, beautiful family around you to support you, to love you, to encourage you. Remember what you have. And then you need to remember your call to go be a witness to this world, to this, this, this world of life that we are living in, not to the world around us, but to this life of love. I love what, I love what John says here. Um, like what, another trap that we fall into, I think, is this. Now, let me read it, and then I, I will try to explain it. It says this. You've, you've, if you've been in church, you've heard this a lot. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If you love the world, the love for the Father is not in you. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful people and the lusts of their eyes and the boasting about what they do comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Now, I had heard this a lot growing up. I had always heard this about don't love the world, don't love the world, don't love the world. What is the world? I think sometimes we think the world is people, right? The church has often thinks that, that we shouldn't love the people in the world. That, like, so that's, that's the dichotomy that we make, the dualism, right? There's a church, and there's those people in the church, and then there's people out there, and they're the people in the world. That, that's not what this is talking about. There are not people in the church and people in the world. We're all just people in this, on earth. That's all that we are, right? We're just people on earth. That's all that we are. But what... what the scripture is talking about here in this idea of don't love the world is the systems of the world. That's what this literally means in Greek. It means the systems out there in the world. 
What are those systems in the world today? Well, the systems that the systems of of America, the systems of democracy, the systems of socialism, the systems of capitalism, the systems of like whatever you want to call it. Like like the scripture is saying is don't fall in love with those things. Love people. Because some people are going to be in that and some people are going to be in that. And some people are going to be in capitalism and some people are going to be socialism and some people are going to be in the American system and some people are going to be in, in the British system. And some people are going to be – some people have white skin and some people have dark skin and some people love these people and some people love these people. Don't love the system. Love the people. Love the people. Because the people, all of us, are in some sort of system in this world. And if we love the system, then that's going to separate us from each other. Because we're like, well, you like that system, and I like this system, and you're in that system, and I'm in this, and you're a Republican, and I'm a Democrat. I'm like, I can't love you. And like, they, no, those are just systems. Those are just systems. Love the people. Love the people. And so go out into the world, y'all. So we're in this place. Where do we go now? Where, where do we go from here? I think we're all sort of in this space where we are standing. Our lives have made no sense. Things have gotten thrown out of whack. And we, uh, we too, are gazing into the sky like, God, what's going on? What, what the heck is going on? We are just gawking, looking into the sky, hoping that someone will come and save us. But I think God is, Jesus is saying to us the same that Jesus said to the disciples. Go, Pray. And then be a witness to this system, to this love. Be a witness to this love in the world. Be a witness to what I've taught you. Be a witness to grace. Be a witness to radical hospitality. Be a witness to embracing and accepting and holding and loving. Don't love the systems of the world. Like sometimes I think that we've fallen in love with the, more in love with the idea of Christianity than the principles of Christianity. Like, oh, that's a, just a system. Let's be in, let's, let's, let's follow the principles that we, that Jesus taught us. Not to fall in love with the church or this church or that church or, or, or this system or Protestantism or Catholicism or, or orthodoxy, whatever it is. Let's be in love with each other. Let's be committed to humanity. Let's show the love and grace that we were shown and given. That's what it means to be a witness. Let's go now and be witnesses. And so today I believe Jesus is calling us in this space as Jesus is rising up into heaven, which basically means Jesus is the ruler of everything. Jesus is the king of all kings. Jesus is the Lord of all lords. Jesus has ascended into the throne of the cosmos. And the, com- the, the commission that Jesus is giving us today is go out and be a witness to love. Be a witness to grace. Be a witness to new life. Where do we go from here? Well, look around. Look what you have around you. Let's pray and remember who we are. Let's remember who we are. And what we've been called to be and the capacity for love that we have been instilled with. And then let's go show that to the world. I know I talk about this a lot. Every week it feels like you come here and I'm talking about go and show love to the world. Isn't it? Isn't it? Like, but I'm like you. Like I, I, I live 
I live in the world, and the world grinds me down. And I get to Sunday, and I'm like, I hate everything. (laughs) Maybe I'm the only one, but I bet not. I mean, you got stressful jobs, and, and your families are stressful, and you got worries about money, and worries about your future, and worries about your retirement, and worries about your health, and trying to get health care in the system, and, 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 and goodness gracious, we can't even get gasoline in our cars. <laughs> like, we get to this point, and we're like, what's going on? I hate everything. I'm mad. I'm angry. And so, I, I, you know what? I felt like my place in the last couple of years has just been when we show up to remind you, you are worthy, and you are beautiful, and you are good, and go and love the world. And show others that you that they are beautiful and good and worthy. And when we do that and when we live into that, we counter the hatred, the division in the world, and we can be something else and we can invite other people into this and be like, Y'all got y'all gotta come. Like I go to this I go to this little church and we just talk about love a lot and you just gotta come because like it reminds us of who we are and what we're connected to, God's ultimate love. And when we come to this table every week and we remember that Jesus sacrificed Jesus' life to, to open up a pathway for us to live in a different way, not in the system of the world, but, but in love and in grace and in hope. So today, friends, as we watch, as we remember Jesus is in heaven, let's hear that command to us once more. Go and be witnesses to this. Who can you be a witness to this week? Who can you be a witness to for love? Now, now I'm, not, I'm not talking about going to somebody and being like, well, if you died tonight, where would you, would you go to heaven or you go to hell? I, that's, that's not being a witness. Like, that's trying to put somebody in a philosophical corner to show that you know more about the Bible than they do. All right? That's all that is. It doesn't, it doesn't help. Show people love. Who can you show love to this week? Maybe, maybe that's your spouse. <laughs> maybe that's your child. Maybe that's your brother. Maybe that's your coworker. Who knows? Who can you be a witness to God's love for this week? Think about their, think about that. Put their na- your name, their name in your mind right now. And then this week, maybe, remember, you've been called and sent to that person, to that group of people, to, to show love. And so today... We remember the commission. We remember the ascension. We remember that we are witnesses. We remember that we are full of grace, that we have a community around us of supporters, of cheerleaders, and we are part of God's ever-increasing, ever-enlarging movement to show the world love. Let's pray together, friends. Lord God of heaven and earth, we give you thanks and praise for this day and for your grace. God, remind us of our call. Remind us of your love for us. Remind us that we are witnesses to something bigger than ourselves, that we are witnesses to the greatest love that the world has ever known, your love for us, your love for humanity. Help us not to be in love with the systems, whatever they are, whether they work for us or they don't work for us, help us not to be in love with those things, but to love the people in the systems, no matter what they believe or what they feel about the world. Help us to love one another. God, help us to be patient with each other. 
to, to bear each other's burdens, to bear each other's pains, to bear each other's differences. And in that space, to love. God, as we come to this table this morning, as we do every week, remind us of your sacrifice. Remind us of the pathway that you have paved for us. Remind us that the grace that you have given us and that we are free because you have freed us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.